This could be for you. Exclamation point. Welcome to another exuberant edition of Steve Made a Game Show. Alyssa, thanks for joining. Oh my gosh, Steve. Thanks for having me on this exciting SMAG episode. SMAGs. SMAGs. Plural. Very plural. Very exuberant. You have entered a game show podcast that is comprised of three rounds. We'll get into all the rounds in just a sec, but uh, Alyssa, do you have any experience being on a game show? You know, Steve, I don't think that I have direct experience. Have I been involved in a couple of, you know, bar night trivia sessions? Sure, but nothing extreme. We used to do a lot of board game nights at my friend's house growing up, but no no game shows. But a gaming history, a gaming... Um... A gaming girl nonetheless, sure. So you'll fit right in to what we're trying to do here in Smags. We've got three rounds today for you. Round one is going to be the category round. So Alyssa, I've prepared a, a whole host of categories and questions that are geared exactly to what you're interested in. And this is the way that the audience is going to get to meet you, to understand who you are, and understand your three very favorite things in the universe. This is really just exciting. I want to know what you picked. Just a second longer. We'll get there. But first, round two is going to be the persuasion round. So you're going to get a prompt given to you, and I want you as persuasively as you can use all the AP English vocab words that you've geared up on i've got this deploy them to me prepare a convincing argument and i'm going to award you points based on how convincing that argument was all right i'm excited for that cool round three is then going to be the lightning round it's going to be 45 seconds in which i'm going to give you a prompt and you have to rattle off as many answers that meet that question as fast as you can and in that 45 second window all right i'm game all right well let's begin here in round one the category round Alyssa, your categories are Book-only Harry Potter trivia, okay. C.J. Barrymore's, <laughs> and at Poetry and Peonies. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm excited. Where would you like to begin? Um, let's start with C.J. Barrymore's for, is it 50, the lowest one? <laughs> yes, we've got, that's right. Thanks for correcting me. Uh, I didn't fill you or the audience in on the- Oh, no. I'm an avid fan. <laughs> Smags loyalists like yourself know, but for these uh, newcomers- just so you know, we've questions range from 50 to 150 to 250 points slash dollars slash smag coins. So we'll start at 50. And what category did you want again? Let's do CJ Barrymore's for 50, Steve. For 50. To make way for new attractions named the Saddle Swing and the Drop Tower, Barrymore's recently closed its dependably popular competitive water balloon attraction. What was the name of this attraction? Oh, you know it was Water Wars. Water Wars for $50. You earned it. Yeah. Were you a Water Wars pro champion? Do you have a background at that game in particular? My fondest memory with Water Wars was for Kristen Meyer, Stan, if you will, her going away party when she was going to Australia. Were you in attendance for that? I sure was. Well, so we went to the Water Wars because it was about to rain. And I just remember a small lizard friend crawled across my foot during the Water Wars activity. And then we left. And that was my memory. The most memorable moment of the Water Wars attraction for, you know, 20 years of, of popular business. Ugh, just memory lane. Creepy lizard. Creepy lizard guy. We love him. Well, he earned you $50, so well done with Water Wars. Would you like to go on to 150 for Barrymore's? Well, yeah, let's keep moving with the Barrymore's. Well, you know what? They featured a trampoline attraction that was described as 
per the Barrymore's official website, quote, a sports apparatus that catapults you 25 feet high with multiple somersault turns. What is the name of this attraction? It is Euro Bungie. Euro, correct on that one. 150 for you. Amazing. Very cosmopolitan attraction for Barrymore's. It sure was. You know, they really wanted to make people, even though they were in metropolitan Detroit, feel like they were traveling to an exotic faraway land. They really did. Um, I never got to work the Euro Bungie, but some of my male friends did. That was a boy-only um, operation. I know. A lot of Barrymore's history there. But I heard that it was very uncomfortable, but I've never actually been on the Euro Bungie myself. I may have years and years ago. Um, if so, it, it's been repressed. But it, either <laughs> if I rode or if I didn't ride, I'm completely in agreement that that looks like a very uncomfortable attraction. Yes. Do you want to round out the end of C.J. Barrymore's for 250? You know, I, I do. I want to try this one out. I'm going for the sweep. This one, this is for 250. This is a big one. I'm ready. Barrymore's boasts multiple racetracks for its go-kart riders, including the Indy Track Carts, Grand Prix Carts, and the Turbo Carts. There was, however, another class of go-karts designed specifically for the youngsters that has since been discontinued by CJ's. What is the name of this attraction? Ooh, I can picture it. You know exactly where it was. It was behind the Indy Cars. I know exactly where it is. And I used to ride it. No, I didn't. Use... You know, when I was like a young pup, I used to ride it. Um, oh, I don't know. Got anything? Any, just spit out a guess? I feel like I'm going to hear it and be mad at myself, but no, I can't think of it. What is it? The rookie carts. Oh, yes, the rookie carts. I'm afraid there's not going to be $250 for you, Alyssa. I'm sorry, but you did earn $200 from the CJ Barrymore's category. That's a good, respectable haul. You know, if you were at the CJ Barrymore's arcade right now, you could definitely get an inflatable guitar. Something, a pennant maybe, with my favorite, you know, college sports team, anything. A Pokemon glasses case. That's something I actually did get from Barrymore's Arcade way, way back when. Oh, I love that for you. I never put glasses in there. I just sat at the bottom of a toy box for years. Where do you want to go next, Alyssa? You got book only, Harry Potter trivia, or at Poetry and Peonies? <laughs> I'm... I'm curious about the poetry and peonies, but I think I'm going to hold off on that. Um, let's try the book-only Harry Potter trivia for 50. Okay, wonderful. So this is for true bibliophiles, not cinemophiles. We want people that have read hundreds and hundreds of textual pages, and uh, you know they don't watch the Warner Brothers movies because this is the heart of the story here. Right, I understand that, sure. The real fans. Exactly. This is all about proving yourself as a better fan than other people. So here we go for 50. Hogwarts faculty and students alike were regularly tormented by which prankster ghost that haunted their halls throughout all seven books, but never once appeared on screen. Okay. Never once appeared on screen. Which prankster ghost? So this would be Peeves, yes? This would be Peeves. Okay. Whew, he made me nervous. I was like, did he appear on screen? I don't know. He actually never did. His, uh, his bobbin head and, and mischievous laugh was just... Readers only. Sad for the viewers, but how wonderful for the readers. A real treat. Would you like to treat yourself to the 150 question, Alyssa? You know I would. Let's dive in. Here we go. When Rita Skeeter's scandalous article about Hagrid was published by the Quibbler, he was replaced in his post as Care for Magical Creatures Professor by what Hogwarts teacher? Ooh. Uh, 
This is a deep cut. This is a great name, though. It's like a not a popular teacher. Um, the last name is like Kettle something. Is it Kettle Burn? It's not. It's not, actually. But I can kind of see where your brain was around there. We were looking for Professor Grubbly Plank. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Missed it. Good old Professor Grubbly Plank. What a beautiful name, truly. She cared for those magical creatures, that's sure. You should consider naming your your firstborn Grubbly. Middle name Plank. Oh, beautiful. Well, would you like to go on to 250 and uh, redeem Grubbly Plank's downfall? I'm sure going to try. Poor Grubbly. Time to walk the plank for 250, Alyssa. Here we go. After the troubling revelation regarding Ron's pet Scabbers, he receives a new pet replacing Scabbers from Sirius Black. What was the name of this owl? Okay. The owl is adorable, first and foremost. But it... Okay, I can, like, picture how to spell it. You're visualizing the word. Yes. It's... Pigwidgeon? Pigwidgeon for 250. Oh, okay. Whew, there it is. It's like when I first read Hermione and I thought her name was Hermione, you know? It's one of these things. I was that same 10-year-old, 9-year-old or whatever it was. I know. I remember being like in the theater only, you know, for the first movie and thinking, how are they going to say it? I was very excited. Because in the fourth book with Victor Crumb, they pronounce her name phonetically and that was when I learned, okay, this is how to actually pronounce it. Yes. I remember my fourth grade teacher read us The Sorcerer's Stone, and I already read the other books up to that point, and I corrected her, and I said, her name's not Hermione, it's Hermione. Steve, look at you. We proceeded with Hermione for the rest of the year. (laughs) Students like that terrify me. I'm just very impressed that you visualized the word before you actually visualized the letters in there. Like, almost the topography of the word was in your brain. Very side note, but... That article, I don't know if you saw it, came out. It was from like BuzzFeed or something ridiculous. But it was talking about how some people don't actually like hear themselves speak like their thoughts, like how you have like an internal voice in your Mm -hmm. head. And I was talking to Jeff about it. I was like, do you have that? And he was just like, no, I don't. Um, Or he does have the internal monologue, but I don't. Like I see words. So I think that is just another, you know, moment where I just visualize words instead of hearing myself think or like speak aloud. It's interesting. That's super interesting for, for us, for listeners. and I just, You know, a little tidbit for the people. It earned you 250 more smag coins, so at the very least. And I'm pleased with that. You're coming up handsomely here as we enter the final <laughs> category. If I don't do well on this one, man. So for At Poetry and Peonies, we will discuss either poetry and or peonies. You just, you don't know. What, what dollar amount do you want to begin with? Let's start with 50. I'm a traditionalist. Starting at 50. So peonies are colorful flowers that have enjoyed popularity from the modern day all the way back to ancient China. Among their many descriptions, they can be described by which word that indicates their bloom will recur year after year. So they would be considered, I just, I'm afraid I'm going to go with the wrong thing here. Um, You're saying that they're like annual bloom, essentially. So they're perennials. Going with perennials. Oh, now you're making me nervous. This is one of those things that you just never memorize until you have to. I'm going to go with perennial. The answer is perennials. That's correct. Oh, all right. Whew. Not much of a planter, but I do enjoy the flowers. Sure. It paid off. I quizzed these questions with Chelsea and she had guessed annual. So I wondered if you were going down that same road, but you quickly put yourself back on track. I knew there was like a fancy word for it, you know, perennial, if you will, but... I just 
I feel like there's another one. It's like perennial versus something that means like they bloom. I don't know, like twice a year or something, whatever. Anyway. Biennial, I think you're thinking of. That may be it. But fancifully, you've just earned yourself $50. Nicely done. Thank you. Would you like to go into coins. (laughs) Exactly. Forget dollars. Yes, but still, how wonderful. Um, Yes, I'll move up the ranks. Okay. For 150 in the category Poetry and Peonies, we're actually moving to Pyrenees. The Pyrenees mountain range forms the border separating two countries. What are those two countries? Um, Okay, I should know this. So, Spain. One. One being correct, or you're just saying one. <laughs> one guess has locked in. We'll give it to you, though. It is a correct guess. Oh, bless your heart. I'm going to go with Spain and France. Spain and France for 150. Poetry and Pyrenees. What? <laughs> oh, man. Ooh, I feel like a regular prince over here. All right, Alyssa, we're rounding out the final question for the category round. You're doing very well, extremely well, exuberantly well. For 250. The road not taken by Robert Frost is, in this host's estimation, among the most taught poems in American education. The meter that old Bobby Frost used to structure this poem is called what? Okay. Meter of this poem. So I need to speak it aloud. All right. It's not just blank verse. I don't teach this one. I'm sorry for ruining your life. Okay. Blank verse is the guest. And the answer is iambic tetrameter. I don't teach that one. I'm too terrible. Rats. I tried to keep it original. I feel like that is so commonly taught that I avoid it. But now I feel like a regular schlump. Well, you're sort of grubbly on that one. But you still came away with a really strong category round. Alyssa, you earned yourself 700 smag coins. Dang. Whew, where does that put me on the leaderboard? Ooh, we got to wait till the end of the show to find that one out. All right, all right, all right. We will get there soon, but first, a brief word for this advertisement. Have you already been down the tried and tired 100-acre woods and looking for a new lovable blonde-haired fluff friend? Look no further than Winnie the Pup's Instagram page, at underscore O period bother, found on Instagram platforms, whether it be on the internet, webpage, or on Instagram app itself. You will be surprised with the amount of beautiful photos of Winnie the Pup, a lovely golden retriever situated in Metro Detroit as she frolics and plays in not the Hundred Acre Woods, but the beautiful St. Clair Shores. So follow her today if you're looking for something to just brighten your day. All right, and we're back, ready for round two. Alyssa, are you prepared for the persuasion round? This is the moment I've been waiting for. Here comes your prompt. Here we are in 2019, 2020, and we are living through the emergence of TikTok. They're not the first app that's had this explosion onto the scene. You had Snapchat in 2012, 2013. You know, MySpace had its time. Facebook grew at a certain time. I wanted to get your feedback, though, on certain apps, be they continual, you know, still alive right now, Instagram, or extinct, you know, Vine. And tell me, and you can pick out any examples that you think best illustrate your point, what are some apps and social media platforms that were ahead of their time or maybe behind their time? They should have been extinct by now. I can't believe they were extinct already. The floor is yours. All right. So I'm new to the TikTok scene. My students bothered me for a long time about it and kept telling me that I should be on it or at least like watching them. 
And so when I was watching TikTok, I was blown away by the sense that it is so similar to Vine, but it also takes on this different form than Vine does, I think, because with Vine, it was just these quick little videos. Again, you weren't really sure if they were, you know, unscripted or not. And I think that was kind of the glory of it. It was just this really weird kind of niche, like group of people making these creative videos. And so I think Vine was pretty appropriately timed. Like, I think that makes sense with when did Vine even come out? I want to say it was like earlier 2000s. Um, TikTok, I think, definitely could have come out earlier. And I think we would have thrived with it as a generation thinking of like the millennials. I think we grew up with like the bizarre YouTube, you know, like the original like shoes video or like the muffins guy, like that kind of scene. And I think that it would have made sense for us to use something like Vine because it, or I'm sorry, to use something like TikTok because it is so random. Eccentric is I think the best word. It is. It's so eccentric and just so, I guess, unexplained and it really fits us. But at the same time, I think that the age group that I teach, so these are like ninth through 12th graders, really are lacking kind of a venue for their creativity besides memes and even memes. They're not stale now necessarily. Um, But it just, TikTok allows them to kind of use that meme culture of just like quirky humor and bring it to life. And I think, I don't know, it gives them this creative outlet that they wouldn't already have. I also think that TikTok is interesting because as my students have pointed out, it has these kind of like PSA announcements on there that I wasn't fully aware of. So randomly you'll be scrolling and it'll be like making fun of, I don't know, like the Love is Blind show, or it'll be like, a mimicking of the keeping up with the Kardashians script, like something random. And then you'll come across this like, hey, don't scroll past this. Let me tell you about ways to stay safe during like when you're walking to your car at night or what. I don't know. It's just like gives you these weird little like safety tips that I wasn't expecting from an app like that. Um, And I think that, again, it's just kind of Vine reinvented or like the quirkiness of like the millennial age reinvented in this app that kind of combines the features of, I think like musically was popular for like a very, very short period of time. Like why was that really a thing? And it merges that with Vine. So I think that makes TikTok pretty accessible and unique in that sense. Potent combination, kind of blending in this community, building intentional design instead of just being, hey, here's the the tech and, and have at it. Yes. And I also think we're seeing it now with this like COVID-19, like quarantine time that people our age and even people who are older are now going to TikTok because they kind of want to see what it's about. And like some people are learning these like silly little dance moves that some like 14 year old came up with. But then they're also doing their own bits or their own scripts on there. And it just I don't know, it's an interesting creative outlet that I really hardcore poo-pooed earlier this year, Um, made fun of my students a little bit for using it. But after joining it and watching it, I think it's, I don't know, it's kind of comedic gold. So you've swallowed your humble pie and you are- I really have. Full team TikTok? I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm hashtag team TikTok, but I am definitely not opposed. Um, Like, will I be featuring myself in any TikToks soon no probably not but will i be like a creepy silent observer 100 percent. there we go embracing your identity yes exactly in terms of social medias that should probably be done away with i think facebook probably should be done away with 
I think that it serves a purpose that some of the other social medias don't necessarily. And that's why some of our, I think, um, like older citizens are gravitating towards it because it's more almost like email based than it is anything else. There's a lot of text involved, whether you're like writing a status or messaging people, like it's very much a communication through word. And I really, unfortunately, do not see that being the most popular realm of communication with younger people. Um, I think they're more focused on like this instant gratification of, okay, let's look at like a picture on Instagram and like quickly read a caption, something like short and sweet, or let's like watch this TikTok video that can only be a minute long. I think it really, and not to shame them, but I think it really comes down to like more of a visual and quick message that they want. And so I think that Facebook is kind of archaic in that sense. But, you know, and Facebook is so riddled with just different like Oh, not spams, but kind of like these, these, what did you call the advertisement? Advertisements, some might Ad- say. Advertisements, sure. They're just scattered about Facebook and you just, you know, it becomes a little spammy at that point. So that brings up an interesting point that I think is you see the arc of maturation for all these platforms, they eventually are met with the crushing pressure to monetize. And so you've got, yeah, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, every third scroll is going to be sponsored post right in your face uh is is that prevalent on tiktok right now i know snapchat felt like they stemmed that as long as they could there's still advertisements that you might see on a filter or on your stories page but in general if you want to avoid it you can use that medium for communication and not be uh, advertised to right right sure um (laughs) there are definitely ads that pop up on tiktok but you always have the option to skip them. So I've never watched a full ad on TikTok, but they're also set up the way that like the TikToks are. So it'll usually be like a quirky storyline or something that will like grab your attention. So I think they're pretty smart with that. But yeah, they're definitely attempting to monetize in some sense. The interesting thing about TikTok is that it kind of combines like concert-esque features like these kids are becoming celebrities for doing these dances and whatever um they're like comedic bits and so i heard prior to covid19 they were planning on doing like a tour essentially like a dance tour and so i would imagine that would bring in quite a bit of money for the company as well so it's just it's wild how these things blow up so quickly but and if there's an opportunity to monetize it will be utilized yes it'll be grasped immediately. How about things that were around when we were growing up that, you know, died a, either a painful or a, an abrupt or a sudden or a slow death? Uh, they're not here with us in 2020, but you wish that they were, you think that they could have thrived to use your words? Well, these are, these aren't really social media things, but my favorite just online, I guess, communication platforms. I really was a big fan of live journal. Okay. RIP that dream. But that was really where like the emo kids hung out. You couldn't get on Dead Journal, which was like the edgier alternative without a password. So never got on there. But I really liked that because it was typically public and you could kind of like hear people's inner thoughts. And it was interesting. Um, I don't think that would have lasted now. Just my own personal, you know, dealer's choice. But MySpace, I think, as ridiculous as it is looking back, like with all the, you know, alliterative names and ridiculous angled photos. I am amazed at how much it is still referenced today with youth culture. Like my students 
100% know what MySpace is. And they make jokes about like, oh, get the MySpace angles. Like what, like they know what it is. And really, I still firmly maybe um, I'm in the minority here, but believe that MySpace is the better version of Facebook. Like you were able to really customize it. You could add music to your profile that fit your interests. I really learned a handful of code on MySpace because I wanted to make sure that my profile looked the way that I wanted to. So I had to figure out how to actually go in and change. I don't know if it was HTML or if it was whatever, Java, not really sure. But like I had to go in and learn that so that I could edit my background and things. And I think there was a real like learning aspect to MySpace that is lacking kids can just make a Facebook profile and it's already set for them. They don't have to change anything. So while it is more convenient in that way, it's a lot less personalized and a lot less true to who you are. It is not your space. It is simply a book where you put your face. It's not great. Well said. Thank you. You're looking at a generation that, you know, they grew up on Minecraft. They're playing Fortnite. These are all constructive activities that they do. So it seems like they'd want to construct their space. Exactly. Right. We're of the steam generation. So one would think we would want a little bit more coding involved. But maybe we can be gaining some steam on a vintage revival of of MySpace. I would be interested in that. I think that they tried to bring it back when we were, I want to say it was like seniors or freshman year of college, like they revamped it and tried to make it cool and sleek. But it just didn't didn't have the same feel. So I don't know. I would be interested in that, though. The time wasn't right. There's just too much uh, stickiness to the... It's still too close and stuck to the previous era. You know, we're like like Pandora. Pandora's really tried to rebrand itself. Ah, oh, Pandora. It had uh, its moment in the sun, and if it kind of bowed out gracefully, then maybe in eight years, everyone would be willing to have Pandora back. I think so. Do you remember those... Um, again, I'm not really sure if there was social media attached to this, but I think it was called Zune or something it was like the microsoft replacement for itunes yes essentially it was like the competitor for the ipod i thought yes um somebody growing up i think it was Paige, had one and i just remember being like that is never going to be a thing <laughs> it was like a brick it wasn't and actually it was, it's a pretty horrible uh, example in digital rights management so people that bought songs on zune one day microsoft just lost all the rights to them or stopped supporting them so if you paid a hundred dollars worth of your money and probably a lot more to buy digital copies of music. When that expired on January 1st, 2015, you do not have access to that music anymore. Oh, sad for those Zune users. Sad for those Zune users, not the sad Zoosers. for that. <laughs> <laughs> Say that one more time for the audience, please. Sad for the Zoos the Zoosers. Oh no. All right, before we wrap this round, Alyssa, uh wanted to get your thoughts in particular on a couple quick, they're not really social media, they were somewhat social, but they were the first foray into, I guess, social gaming. Do you wish that any of these still were around? Words with friends, scramble with friends, Ugh. draw something, and trivia crack. Well, trivia crack is still popping, let me tell you. I have students who tried to add me on trivia crack, and I didn't even realize I still had an account, but I got like an email for it. And that is still quite popular among the youths. So admittedly i battled some of them in trivia crack just last year because i wanted to prove them and i proved myself there you go you cut your teeth for smags i really did thank you but draw something i did enjoy i think it's over i think they have things like this in some variation on snapchat now or some social media app 
it's basically Pictionary, but you have to draw it like using your nose or something. It's very strange. But so I think that they have kind of adapted to the times. Words with friends. Man, I miss it. When we were in high school, we used to play Rackaroo. Did you ever use Rackaroo? I've never used Rackaroo. It was basically just a Scrabble website. And so when they came out with Words with Friends, my friends were floored. Um, so I do miss that. Scram- Is it Words with Friends Scramble? Scramble with Friends was uh, notably, it's the fourth one you decided to talk about. It's the one that nobody remembers, but it probably is my favorite. I'm so sorry. It's the one that I don't really love. I, there's something like it. I think I have played it, if I'm remembering it correctly. They have a very similar version on Delta Airlines on those TV screens that are in front of your seat. Yes. It also had a, another run as Ruzzle, if you remember that. But the original game was Scramble with Friends. I vaguely do remember that. Ruzzle. So although that Draw Something was you know just a fleeting moment in February 2012 that we all look back on fondly, I want to say that this conversation was a lot more dense, a lot richer, and a lot more substantive than its brief and forgettable reign. Oh, well, thank you. I feel honored, truly. Well done, Alyssa. You've earned yourself 725 smag coins. Cool. What's it out of? Indefinite amount of smag coins. Oh, I'll, I'll take it. But that's a very strong score. It was a very persuasive round from you. You're setting yourself up nicely for the lightning round at round three to bring this whole thing home. Before we do that, though, let's hear one more word from these messages. The following skit is for comedic purposes only and does not reflect a sponsorship of the discussed product. The views and opinions expressed by this podcast are not endorsed by the following company. This is not a paid advertisement. Hey, listeners, are you looking for something to capture your imagination? Look no further than the new adventures of Winnie the Pooh. This is a classic American animated TV series. It features Winnie the Pooh, a blonde furred animal, lovable, friendly disposition to life, has a lot of friends, explores friendship. You know, he's, he's friends with Gopher, Chris Robin, the Owl. It's a TV series that's going to teach you how to be a better friend. It's going to teach you how to be friends with Winnie the Pooh. It's available on VHS, different colored VHSs, green, purple, red. It's got music. It's got excitement. It's got comedy. It's fun for all ages. Check out the new adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Okay, and we're back. We're here. We're ready for the lightning round. Alyssa, are you ready to bring this one home? I'm feeling electric and ready to go. I'm going to read you the prompt, and then as soon as I finish speaking, I'm going to say go, and then you'll be off and the clock will be ticking. Okay, I'm ready. Here we go. Your prompt for the lightning round is, name to me as many characters by name as you can from the film Napoleon Dynamite. Go. Okay, we have Deb. We have Uncle Rico. We have um, Kip. We have LaFonda. We have Starla. Um, Pedro, of course. Did I say Napoleon? I don't know. I'm throwing it in. Summer Wheatley. Um, her boyfriend, whose name I am blanking on. Um, okay. Uh, ha, ha, ha. Who am I missing? Um, ooh, what's that girl? Oh, Deb. No, I already said Deb. T Trish. Trish. Um, the grandma whose name I'm blanking on. Um... So you came away with 10. There's somebody who I miss that... You are critically missing the character Don. 
Don. <laughs> That's what I was trying to figure out under the pressure. In the beginning of the movie, when Napoleon's going up to do his happy hands club, Don's sitting in the classroom just, is this guy for real? I love that. <laughs> I love him. I also, I'm trying to remember, um, why can I not think of the guy who does the Taekwondo? Rex Kwando. Yes. Oh my gosh. That is you something said that Starla. I said. I did say Starla. I, I remember he'd be like, do you think that I go home to Starla at night? One more. I was wondering if you were going to get Lyle, the farmer. Lyle is an icon. But again, in the heat of my stress, just blanked. But I do love Lyle. Really, Tina? Dang it. No, Tina. I'm get some dinner. No fat lark for you. No. But it was still a really good performance. You came away with 10 get 100 smag coins worth of quesadillas coming in your bank. Oh, I think that sounds good. I feel like that suits me. It's exuberant. Alyssa, thanks for bringing your exuberant self onto smags today. Let's kick it up on the leaderboard and see where your score ends up. In fourth, Alyssa, 1525. First, Scott, 1870. Second, Alex, 1831. Third, Andy, 1671. S-M-A- G S. My name's Alyssa, and I got smagged.